Let us march on until victory is won. Let us praise on until victory is won. Let us worship on until victory is won. Let's give that amazing performance one more round of applause. To God be the glory. You can have your seats. History is being read, but it's also being written. And the good thing about history is that it happens one day at a time. We come from a lineage of men and women of history who were willing to do something today that their future self would thank them for. We come from a lineage of powerful men and women who were willing to do something for themselves that their children didn't have to go through. We come from a lineage of men and women who were willing to be sacrificial in their present so that we can live peacefully in our future. And, and somebody, everybody repeat after me. When you're going through hell, don't stop to take pictures. When you're going through hell, don't stop to take pictures because pictures are designed for memorabilia. They're designed for you to remember them. So the enemy wants to remind you of who you used to be to take the attention off what God has for you. When you're going through hell, just keep going. <laughs> Yeah, Martin Luther King kept going. Uh, uh, Senator John Lewis kept going. Harriet Tugman kept going. Rosa Parks kept going. One thing about going through hell is that you got to come out on fire. And anytime you come out on fire, everybody can identify someone who is on fire for Christ. You don't have to say anything. It is all the way within you. How many courageous people do I have in here today? Winston Churchill said, courage is going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. Yes, so many times we allow the negativity that happened to our life to, to be the determining factor of what happens next. Being courageous is having the ability to go from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm because I believe one of the most important things that you can possibly do on this earth is to make it to your future. That is one of the most important things you can do. It is historically documented that men and women of color were willing to die for their freedom. They were willing to go through hell and high water for their freedom. They said, you can measure my height, you can measure my wingspan, you can measure the size of my shoe, but you cannot measure the heart and the fight in a man, in an African-American strong man who says, come what may, I'll be right back here tomorrow, same time, fighting for everything that I know God has already given me freedom to inherit. You cannot measure the heart of a man because reputation is not to be confused with integrity reputation is what people say you are but integrity is who you really are and I believe very strongly that your character is the sum total of your conscious decisions the decision you make when you're aware that you are making them that is who you are that is your character what do you want what is in the way of getting what you want and what will you do to get it if you answer those questions you have defined your character what did Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. want? He wanted freedom and equality. What was in the way of getting what he wanted? Racism and injustice. And what was he willing to do to get it? He was willing to do anything for it. He said, I'll march for it. I'll fast for it. I'll preach for it. You can throw whatever you want. I'll even die for it. We're able to sit here today because a man laid his life down for us to sit here and worship God together. 
And as sad as it is that we lost him in the physical realm, the, uh, the, the, then scripture takes over in Luke chapter 9, verse 24. It reads, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. See, they think we're living just on this here carnal earth. We are living to live again. We are living to go to a place where the land is flowed with milk and honey, where we can sit to the right hand of the master. We're living to live again. You cannot threaten me with what I don't already have. You can't threaten to take something from me that I don't have. So what you cannot take is the power of my mind. Knowledge is power when applied. You can take my money. You can take my freedom. But you cannot take my, the fact that my God is forever on the throne. And to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. God himself used himself as ransom. And he was willing to endure. What are you willing to endure based on what's inside of you? Women are willing to endure nine months of pregnancy, nine months of pain, of labor, based on what is inside of them. And I would venture to say the pain all of a sudden disappears once your prize gets into your hand. Which lets me know very strongly that durability is greater than ability. See, you might be stronger than me, faster than me, quicker than me, more money than me, more, more situational than me. But what you cannot do is outlast me. You cannot outwork me. You can, I will be here every day until the job is done done sometimes I wonder what I would have been had I been alive back then because many times we watch these tapes and we say man it had that have been me I'd have slapped everybody coming my way come my way talking crazy see if I don't throw a left hook that you'll never forget but that's what we say now and so I, I, I wonder I, I don't think I would actively pursue the same career path that I'm choosing now uh, because I would imagine there were a lot of people who were motivated to make change but lacked the inspiration to complete the task. That's why the Bible says many are called but few are chosen. See, motivation has the potential to have an expiration date. And if you don't believe me, just ask your New Year's resolutions. <laughs> See, motiv <laughs> motivation is the reason you do something. But inspiration is the psychological process in which you do it. And I believe very strongly that the greatest nation is imagination. Even God said that a man has to speak it before it happens. Speak things that are not as though they were. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. That is the difference between sight and vision. Sight is what I see with my eyes. Vision is what I see with my mind. But if you don't see it first, you'll never see it at all. One has to imagine the good things that God has already laid up for us. So if you would indulge me, I would imagine that I would like to be a lawyer back in the day. That would be my career choice because when you make an observation, there is immediately an obligation. And, and sometimes we even do it in church. As soon as you see where something is wrong, maybe you have the answer to the vacancy that you're pointing at. And I don't believe one should be able to say what's wrong without making themselves become subject to it. Because many want to experience the mountain of success, but very few want to go to the valley of preparation. And that's the process that some, that most tend, tend to skip over. But every now and then, God said, even after you've suffered enough, you cannot get to your place of comfort until you've gone through the valley of discomfort. And I would be obligated to stand up against injustice. And in my sanctified imagination, I believe that Bishop Blake would be my very first client. But let me tell you about my client, as gifted as he is, 
His endurance spiritually retains a depth of endurance that fatigue cannot override. Because of his endurance spiritually, because of his fasting, because of his praying, he is laboring in the word for us to be able to feast off of Sunday in and Sunday out. But I, I, I took the liberty of preparing an opening and closing argument just in case I had to come to court on short notice and fight for my client. When the enemy comes in like a flood, which means he is, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. No matter what you're going on in your life, a flood is going to come. But every supply has a demand. <laughs> your Honor and ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Oh, yeah, we in court. It just happened that fast. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, my name is Romel Witherspoon, and it is my pleasure and honor to represent Bishop Charles E. Blake in the case of the standard I'm lifting up versus the flood that's coming in. And the prosecution would have you believe that Bishop Blake is guilty of a reprehensible crime of possessing a concealed weapon. But today, the defense shall prove otherwise. I admit, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, to you that I stand in a competitive stance that my client indeed had a multiplicity of weapons. However, they were not concealed. He has had permission by way of the master and savior, Jesus Christ. God told my client to go and make disciples. The prosecution thinks the weapons are concealed because he does not fully understand the laws of God. But I'll have you know that Paul asked my client in Ephesians to take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows from the evil one. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecutor possessed weapons in plain sight. That indicates that the enemy equipped with ammunition, and since my client had that understanding, he equipped himself as well with spiritual ammunition. My client operated fully off of the principles of Ephesians 6 and 17, and it reads, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Once the Bible is open, it is no longer concealed. Everything you need to fight with is within the weapon of the Bible. And to make my point proven with exhibit A, B, C, and D. Exhibit A, my client's weapon of choice, which was not concealed, was a sermon title, Expect Your Miracle. My client's weapon of choice, which was not concealed, was a sermon title, Let It Go. My client's weapon of choice, which was not concealed, was a sermon title, Sowing Among Thorns. My client's weapon of choice, which was not concealed, was a sermon title, Use Your Badge. My client said that our badges are the indication that we know the extent of our credentials. And since he understood that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, I believe that my client is acquitted on all charges based on the book that is written. And we believe that the Bible is the holy and inspired, infallible written word of God. I rest my case, insert clap there. In order for something to be scientifically correct, there has to be both proof and evidence. In order for someone to be uh, deemed guilty or innocent, there has to be both proof and evidence. And God is saying that faith says with no proof and with no evidence, God, I trust you. With pain and no sign of cure, God, I trust you. With adversity and no sign of success, God, I trust you. As Bishop Frank Anthon White would say, rain only matters to those who have seed in the ground. 
Prayer only matters to those whose backs are against the wall. If you want to know just what you're made of, just get pushed back against the wall where you don't have no place else to go but right back at your opponent. Yeah, 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 yeah. That will then determine the type of man you are. But Senator John Lewis said we have to push and pull together. We have to push and pull together. We have to pace our patience. We have to pace our patience and push and pull together. And I'm going to prove the power of a push. The, proud, the power of a push. So here is a man knocked out in his sleep and God wakes him up and says, man, I have work for you to do. And the man accepted and said, God, whatever you ask of me. And God said, there is a rock outside of your house and I want you to wake up and I want you to push against that rock with all of your might every single day. And so the man accepting the word from God, he woke up and he pushed against this rock every day. Days turned to weeks, weeks turned to months, months turned to years. And now his, 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 cal- his hands are starting to callous. Every time the weather shifts, the cold would go through his bones, but he would still come out and push every single day. And even in the summertime with the striking heat, he would stay hydrated because he continued to push. And then after a while, once he got weak, the enemy decided to creep into his thoughts. But the devil stood idly by because he waited for him to get weak. The enemy wants to wait for you to have a kink in your armor before he penetrates your mind. And he said to the man, why are you killing yourself over this rock? You've been pushing for so long and haven't even moved it. How many have been pushing for a job and have yet to be elevated? You've been pushing for better health and have yet to see your situation turn. You've been pushing for your children to come back and they're still out doing their own thing. You've been pushing for your marriage to get back and yet it's still and after a while you say, God, I'm doing what you asked me to do. How come I haven't seemed to move this rock not even a centimeter? And as soon as the man thought about throwing in the towel, he said, you know what, God? I need answers. Why am I a failure? Why am I failing so miserably? And God stopped him in his tracks and said, I asked you to do something for me, and you did that. I told you to push against the rock as hard as you could, and you did that. You were obedient. But never once did I ask you to actually move the rock. I only wanted you to push up against it. And because you have, you are stronger now than you were before. Look in the mirror. Look at your chest. It's a little bit stronger. Your legs, they're a little bit stronger. Your back is a little more brolic. Your hands are a little more callous. And you are stronger now because of the push than you were before. And now because you've done what I've asked you to do, I, God, will now move the rock. See, you can't move the rock, but God moves the mountain. The Bible says that all it takes is faith the size of a mustard seed to move a mountain but I submit to you today that all it takes is doubt the size of a mustard seed to keep the mountain from moving you have to remove all doubt in your mind and accept the fact that God says I am going to move this rock for you continue to keep pushing in your faith continue to keep pushing in your corporate life continue to keep pushing and then 1968 will turn to 2018 and what was before will no longer will be and all we have left now is history so we say God we see just how far you brought us from And because of that, we know that you did not bring us this far just to leave us. We thank you in advance, oh God, for where you're taking us. Everybody's standing. I'm done. Everybody's standing. Hallelujah, Jesus. Somebody give God a hand praise right now. God, I thank you for the push. Do not let fatigue make decisions for you. Don't let the fact that your rock has not moved cause you to forfeit your blessing because of temporary pain. Would you rather the pain of regret or the pain of discipline? 
I would take the latter. If you're going to experience pain, you might as well get a reward from it. If you're going to hurt, you might as well hurt to keep going. If there is one that feels like, based on the historical information and data that you've consumed today, for those who we witness push against a rock that wouldn't move, they pushed against voting that didn't move. They pushed just to get into the library and it didn't move. Some never made it to see the fruition. If there's one or two that says, sir, I am going to continue to push, but I want to leave my doubt right here at the altar. I want to leave my pain right here at the altar. If there's one, make your way. If there's one. Yes, God. Yes, God. The altar is symbolic. It's not about staying in your seat because there are some who are thinking, man, I really want to go. But I'm telling you now, the voice that's keeping you from coming is the enemy. He wants to take it away from you. When you put God on display for his namesake. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Look at all these pushers. Look at all these faith pushers. These rock pushers. These confidence pushers. These career pushers. Somebody can feel it right now. You're saying, God, I want another boost in my career. My God is in this place. And God is saying, I've never asked you to move the rock. I just asked you to push. Where you are now in life does not determine who you are in life. They're still coming. They're still coming. This is celebratory. This is absolutely celebratory. There are some people at the altar now. Oh, they're still coming. My God. My God. We can do better than that, men and women of God. Let's send up a praise even stronger. Heaven is rejoicing right now. Before... Before I bring our bishop up, I feel this in my spirit and there's somebody who's going to leave here and still have the tendency to hold on. So there's somebody here who I know, just like a man who wanted to climb the tallest mountain in the world and he said, God, I want you to come with me. And God said, I'll go with you. So the man is more than halfway up the mountain. And now he's more than three quarters of the way up the mountain. And God said, okay, that's enough. Let's stop here. We'll finish up tomorrow. But the man ignored the voice of God. And he said, but God, the finish line is right there. I'm going to continue. But what he didn't know was that God saw a storm coming that from his vantage point he could not see. And because he continued to go and ignore the sound of God, he ventured out on his own. 
And the clouds overwhelmed the moon and overwhelmed the stars and it started pouring down rain. And now this man slips, falling to his death with the rope blazing through his hands and the rope is tearing his hands up and he screams out one more time, God help me. Boom, now he's dangling in midair. He can't see anything. He can't feel anything. There's nothing to the left. There's nothing to the right. There's nothing underneath him. He ignored the sound of God and now he's vulnerable. He's vulnerable. The moment you go out on your own, you are out of the ark of safety. And so the man said, God, one more time, I need you to save me. And this, this, this is for everybody here. And God said, if you want me to save you, let go. He said, if you want me to save your life, let go of the rope. But understand, the man can't see with his own eyes. So he has a hard time having faith in what he doesn't see. Here's where you have to learn from the man not to make his mistake. They found him two days later, frozen to death on the rope, six inches from the ground. You are six inches away from a blessing if you just let go. Let go of the doubt. Let go of the pain. Let go and forgive him. Let go and forgive her. The moment you decide to let go fully, God will then catch you and you can land on solid ground and walk to your destination. God is going to allow people to walk into the next dimension simply because you said this is an act of faith and God, I'm going to leave my problems at the altar. The altar is the nastiest planet because you have to leave all your burdens there for them never to return again. I'm going to say a quick prayer and then our bishop is going to come up and close. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Father God, in the name of Jesus, your presence is absolutely saturated at West Angeles Church this morning. God, I thank you now for throwing our sins as far from the east as it is from the west. I thank you for intercepting foul thoughts. I thank you for intercepting doubt. I thank you for intercepting anything that is an adversary that takes us away from your design plan. God, we are letting go of the rope of doubt. We are letting go of the rope of discomfort. We are letting go of the rope of lack of confidence, God, because you are the creator of the universe. And God, we are thanking you in advance, Jesus, for continuing to give us the confidence and the endurance to push without failing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please stay, please stay where you're at. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody give God a rousing hand praise right now. That's Brother Ramel Witherspoon who shared the word of the Lord. Chaplain for the Lakers, come on, give him a rousing applause.